You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We're listening to Anita Marks. And if you watched the Giants last night and their first team, Daniel Jones got the start, Waller was out there, boy, is it exciting. He's a big target, you know, runs good route, great separation. He's an easy guy to find. He's a talented player, smart guy, understands defense, understands where we're using him and, and uh, how to get open. The interesting part is that you add in Waller and then you're giving a little bit more space. And Darren Waller's ability to create just a tiny bit more of an opportunity for the defense not to crowd the line give Saquon one more step and the O-line's improving. There's a lot to be excited for. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Feeling like we're in a club on this Saturday afternoon, gentlemen. Anita Marks with you. Hour two here on 98.7 ESPN. We're going to hear from Jordan Renan coming your way. At 1.30, um, but I, I want to circle back again. Unfortunately, uh, the uh, the Yankees lose to the Red Sox last night, 8-3. So now what? We uh, suck. They're six- <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, they're 60 and 62. Uh, they're two games below 500. First time that they are two games below 500 at this late stage in the season since 1995. Ouch. They've lost six straight. And um, the last time that they've lost seven straight was back in September of 2021. So we'll see what happens. Garrett Cole on the bump for them tonight. Hopefully uh, he can break this horrible streak that's happening right now. He's 10 and three with a two, seven, six ERA, but bigger fish to fry here in regard to the season, right? Can the Yankees with, you know, uh, one of the highest payrolls uh, in Major League Baseball um, make the postseason. As we know, uh, to win the division out of the equation, but uh, to possibly get in as a wild card, still a possibility, but not at this rate, right? They've got to turn it around. Um, Pretty interesting. The Mets, the Padres, the Yankees, three of the highest payrolls in Major League Baseball uh, and uh, playing like chicken poop. Um, meanwhile, the Orioles second lowest payroll in major league baseball, by the way, best farm system leading the American league East. It's kind of insane. So, uh, as I know, because this is my first time, well, actually my second time back on, on the airwaves since I I took a, a hot second vacation, but a number of Yankee fans calling in, wanting Cashman gone, wanting, uh, Booney gone, good friend of the show, Ben Ruda who was a Yankee, spent a lot of time in the minors, had a cup of coffee a few times up here in the majors, uh, has been on the show quite frequently uh, over the last year, year and a half. And the last time he was on the show was July 15th. And he gave us a look behind the curtain in regard to how the minor league system was operating. And, And this was right after Lawson was fired. And I thought it would be good to have him come on and uh, talk about why Lawson was fired and what he feels was all the reasons wrong with um, with the Yankees and in the way that their farm system operates. So I'm going to replay a clip, the meat and potatoes of that conversation with him right now. Let's listen it. Explain when Lawson came in in 2018, what changes were made that you feel negatively affected the organization, Ben? 
Yeah, so basically when I got drafted, it was one version of the Yankees. And then halfway through my career turned into the analytics, um, what kind of the product you're seeing on the field now. So it was a direct 180. When I started, it was, I mean, the Yankees had by far the best coaching staff in the minor leagues. It wasn't even close. There were, most of these organizations, they'll have 10, maybe 12 coaches in total with major league playing experience. When I started, the Yankees had 30, 40, and all they taught was baseball, baseball, and then it slowly started changing. And once they swallowed that analytics pill, it went completely pretty much I wouldn't say 100% analytics, zero baseball, but as close to that as you can get. Um, and it was slow at first, and then eventually all those coaches that I started with, I mean, I don't think there was one left. Uh, I think I might know like two coaches left out of, you know, the 60 coaches that when I started, which is a crazy turnover. Yeah, a crazy turnover. What? What? And and so you know, why? Why do you feel that the Yankees decided to to go a different route? Um, was it because there were other teams in Major League Baseball that were following that formula that they felt, wow, these teams are having success, so that's what we have to do? Why do you feel the change was made in 2018? Yeah, I think. Uh... I think they got caught up in it is is what happened and the first success in analytics came on the pitching side which they tried to put that on the hitting side but i always tell people and a lot of uh players have this conversation you can't you can teach a guy to throw the ball the same way every time because he can control that hitting is a very is reactionary you don't know what's coming you don't know the the location of the pitch um, so the full analytics of it, it doesn't go as far in all the biomechanics and all this stuff that, you know, they're teaching. It doesn't work the same as the pitching, and I think that was the expectation because the Yankees were putting out pitchers and uh, getting guys that weren't having great careers, and they would come here and they would, uh, would kind of change their repertoire and it would work really well. So they figured, oh, let me do this for the hitting, and it just doesn't work like that. So, so pretty much you're saying is analytics – somewhat successful when it comes to to major league baseball pitchers but not so much when it comes to um trying to, to help hitters and and in regard to a a lineup so really when lawson came in 2018 a lot of major league baseball coaches who had major league baseball experience then left um, I would believe that a lot of them followed Derek Jeter and went to Miami and some other locations. And, and those that came in were analytics guys from NASA is from, from what I understand, right? Like who've I never, mean, we're who've getting never guys from, yes, you're getting guys from all over the place. They're hiring, they were hiring people off Twitter that had, that had blast motion and all these certifications guys with no experience, which, I mean, it's not to say there's not a, a part in the game for analytics. I think some of them are good, but there's also a part in the game for people that played and that have knowledge and stuff that you can't see, that you can't just see on a on a iPad. Um, and they completely got rid of that. And I mean, I can totally get into like 
what the Yankees want, like farm system, minor and major league, what like the analytics they look at, and you'd be you wouldn't be shocked as to what you see on the field because of this. Please, Ben, like I'm sure there's a, a number of Yankee fans out there listening right now that are, are really intrigued by our conversation. So please elaborate. So the main analytic the Yankees use is this thing called hit effect OPS. So what that does is it takes out the defense and it takes all your launch angles, it takes all your exit velos, and it gives you a projected OPS on that ball in play, which in theory sounds good because it takes away bad luck. So if you line out and the guy catches it, it's no longer an out in this sense. It's a line it's a line drive, which is kinda like what you're you're looking for. So if you get robbed, you get rewarded in theory. But what it doesn't take into account is strikeouts. So if you're a guy that puts the ball in play a lot and say you put it in play softly instead of striking out and you get a hit, you actually get penalized. So you're better off to get a higher hit effect OPS. You're better off striking out than hitting a weak single with two strikes, which to me makes no sense. Um, And that's kind of the main stat that was, always used in the majors and minors like my year in 2018 i got sent down from double a my traditional stats that fans look at you know batting average doubles stolen bases whatever you know i was hitting over 300 with 200 at bats but the reasoning when i got sent down was that my real ops was way higher than my hit effects ops aka they thought i was getting they said i was getting lucky which to me i feel like we were just playing baseball and if you have 200 at bats but i mean conversation for another day but that's the stat they used and it's certainly flawed ben thank you so much for spending some time with us and giving us some insight uh, in regard to this hitting coach change and uh, it's it's so insightful and it's so informative and please know how much we appreciate you yeah for sure i also would uh anticipate the yankees making big changes this offseason throughout the minor league coaching staff because pretty much every coach there is a uh is the same uh, theories as kind of were brought in with Lawson. So I I figured if they're doing that, they're probably going to change that as well. So maybe all the NASA guys going back to NASA? Yeah, I wasn't too Focusing on, on, on space NASA travel? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was telling you, I wasn't too happy when a guy from NASA told me I wasn't allowed to use the T anymore. I can't even. So, what was your response to him when he when he said that to you? I don't know if it's uh, safe to say on the radio. Oh, okay, um, yeah, it's a family. It's I, a family program. I let's be clear. Let's tread lightly. I basically told him to go get the tea because okay. it was hidden. So. <laughs> again, Ben, thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. So again, that interview took place with Ben Ruda back in July fifteenth. This week he was on a podcast. Uh, I apologize, can't recall which one. Uh, and uh, his comments uh, very similar to what he just shared with us here, and it went viral um, to the point where I reached out to Ben, asked him to be on with us again uh, today, and unfortunately he declined. He said he just wanted to take a step back uh, because uh, I I guess the response that he was getting was not very favorable. Uh, But it is what it is. I I mean, listen, and, uh, and, you know, obviously him being there, part of the organization, part of the farm system, you know, uh, knows it better than anyone. And so pretty eye-opening, I think, in regard to what he did share with us. Um, So quick break. We come back. Let's talk about the Yankees. Let's talk about Brian Cashman and Booney. 
I'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Yankee fans would love to hear from you as well. What do you feel? What would you like to see happen um, as we get closer, of course, to uh, the postseason, possibly the season ending for the Yankees and not being a part of the postseason? I know. Uh, not what Yankee fans are used to, that's for sure. Anita Marks with you on the Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. So again, as we know, as I just dropped my pen, unfortunately, uh, the Yankees lose to the Red Sox last night and uh, just, you know, obviously was not a good showing. Eight to three. Uh, Judge had a two-run home run. That was probably the highlight. Um... But now this is a team that's uh, below two games below 500, no bueno, not looking good, and chances of, of making it to the postseason are slim to none right now, um, unless they they really turn it around. And do you have the confidence that that's going to happen? I don't think very many people do. Uh, Cashman, by the way, and a lot of people calling for Cashman's job as well as Booney's job. Don't forget, Cashman just signed a new four-year deal just this winter. So not sure if he's going anywhere. Boone is still owed $2.75 million after this season. Is how willing to eat that? Some think not. Let's go to Alex in Oyster Bay. Alex, good afternoon. Welcome in. Hey, Anita, how are you? Fantastic. Thank you. All right, good. So I want to talk a little bit about the Yankees and that. Now, I am a very disheartened Yankees fan. Um, you know, obviously there were a lot of parallels between these two teams, and that is, uh, rosters that are too old uh, tend to be unathletic, um, very much unlike the Braves and the Orioles that are you know, dominating baseball right now. And the issue I have is that as a Yankees fan, I kind of envy the position the Mets are in a little bit, and I'll tell you why. Because the Mets are in a position where they're going to be able to pivot a lot more easily because they have assets that they're going to be able to trade facilitate the turnaround. They have Alonzo. They were able to trade Verlander. They were able to trade Scherzer. I mean, if they want to pick up some of the salary and they really thought it would help to build the youth movement, they could trade Lindor. Look at the Yankees. Aside from Judge and Cole. Now, if you trade Judge, you'd have a fan revolt, so you can't even think about doing that. You trade Cole, you know, okay. I mean, I guess you could get some prospects for him, but the, the the LeMay Hughes, Rizzo's, uh, 
um, you know, Stanton's. These guys are unmovable. And unless Yankees ownership decides that they're going to pick up a lot of salary and need a lot of money, which I'll be honest with you, you need. You know why the cashers are getting fired? Because they don't want to pay him to not work. You know, Michael has said that numerous times on his show. They're not going to pay him to not work. Steinbrenner's not like his dad, Hal. And so they're in, they in a situation, folks. I hate to tell you this to the other Yankee fans. It could be years until we're out of this hole. We may be just entering a period of very, very bad baseball for the Yankees, you know, much like the kind of the late 60s. Unless the Yankee ownership decides that, you know what, we're going to spend a lot of money. Because I'll tell you what, lately they've been a lot more like the Wilpon to me than they have been like their dad. You know, even the signings that they've made, you know, okay, they signed Rodon, they spent money. Guess what? It wasn't a great move. The montage trade. All right, that's Brian, I guess. It's just, it looks like they're always kind of, you know, looking for the bargain. And, and, I, and I just don't see where they're going to have the appetite to just dramatically spend money to, to get out of the situation. And, that, and, and so I'm concerned as the Yankees fan. You know, thank God for the Jets. You know, but I, I don't see where the Yankees are, are going to be able to get out of this anytime soon. And that's yeah. it. I mean, that's, that's my commentary. Yeah, and, and, and it's solid, Alex. Um, you know, I, I know Buster Olney actually, I want to say, was either on SportsCenter, and he came out and he said that, um, you know, th- there's, this, there's this notion or this idea that um, because of the new rule changes, teams that are old and unathletic um, are, are at a disadvantage. Now, again, David Sampson, who was on with me last night, uh, I'm going to share that interview with you at some point in time today, probably around 2.30, okay? Um, I asked him if, if, if he agreed with Buster Olney's take on that, and he did not agree to it. But when we get back, let's do this, because I know we've got a few more calls coming in, 800-919-3776. Uh, I'll share with you some of, the, some of the choices, some of the decisions that Cashman has made that obviously has not gone his way, right? But also want to share with you in regard to what has gone his way and and why I think it, it is somewhat of a conundrum whether or not the Yankees should move on from Brian Cashman. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. It's frustrating and disappointing, but again, like, you know, and, and we, you know, get those questions all the time. You got to keep moving forward and you got to do all you can to not succumb to that and do your best to come in and fix it every day. It doesn't matter what happened tonight and yesterday. We got to we got to keep going and the, the, the season will swallow you up if you if you let let it consume you. So it's not about reflecting right now. It's about getting guys ready to play and ready to play at a high level. 
and that is Booney. I feel like uh, he's just a, a broken record. I'm sure that he's tired of answering all these questions. Uh, again, Yankees, we know they lost last night and not doing great right now. Uh, Urias uh, just hit a grand slam home run against Garrett Cole. So now uh, top of the second, and Boston is up 4-0. 4-0, top of the second. Boston is up 4-0. By the way, this segment brought to you by Galloping Hill Golf Course out there in Kenilworth. Make sure you head out there and play. they got a beautiful 18-hole course and then a fantastic top 10 ranked in the country, 9-hole executive course. So head out there, 800-919-3776. Jose Enzo, we're going to get to you in just a quick second. Just Again, I, I just want to, because I know a lot of calls coming in. We just heard the clip from the Michael K. Show. Cashman's got to go. Booney's got to go. Cashman just signed a four-year deal this winter. Okay? I don't think he's going anywhere. Keep in mind, this is a bad year. This is an off year. Uh, this is a, a Yankees team. Each and every season, they make it to the postseason. Okay, in 2022, 99 wins. 2019, 103 wins. 2018, 100 wins. Three AL championships that they made it to. Okay. Uh, granted, the last time that they were able to advance to the World Series back in 2017. But, um, you know, what, what, what has gone wrong as of late? You could say the trade for Stanton. By trading for Stanton, bringing him here, kind of took Bryce Harper out of the equation. Obviously, when you look at Stanton and Harper um, and, and what we've seen them do in the last two years, yeah, you'd rather have Harper in regard to that productivity over Stanton for sure. Aaron Hicks, seven years, $70 million at the age of 29. Not a great decision. DJ, six years, $90 million at the age of 32. Not a great decision. Josh Donaldson, Frankie Montas. Right now, you've got a question, um, Radon, right now, right? Based on, on what we're not seeing. Six years, $162 million. Apparently, he's going to be back in action on Tuesday against the Nationals, but he's missed three months with, what, the forearm, the back, my neck, my back. You know how the song goes. Six starts, one and four with a 733 E-R-A. Let's go to Enzo in the Bronx. Enzo, welcome in. Enzo, you there? Yes, I'm here. You hear me? I I do. Hi. Hi, how are you? Thank you for picking up. Uh, I'm just tired of these Yankee fans with no faith at all, whatsoever. I know this year is terrible, but they're always consistently a good organization. I trust that they can do something in the offseason, what? I have no idea. I'm not a GM. I just watch baseball as a fan. But Hal Steinbrenner, second highest payroll in baseball, he's committed to winning. I, I don't get why these fans are just – I don't know. I, me, I'm proud to be a Yankee fan, and I always will be. Greatest organization in history. But I don't know what to say. These fans are just driving me nuts. Yeah, I think, and Enzo, thanks for the phone call. hope everything's okay there in the background. Um, I think this is a matter of – listen – this is an organization that has immense success for decades. And so, you know, when, when you have a fan base that expects a World Series each and every year, uh, they put on the pinstripes, anything less than that, or at least competing for that, falls by the wayside. It's not good enough. 
Think of, think about you know you now have a Yankees fan base that is in, in the mid to late twenties that doesn't understand this Yankees not making it to the postseason. Are you kidding me? Let alone making it as a wild card. What? That's not what they grew up watching. That's not what they're used to. Let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, welcome in. Hey, good afternoon, Anita. Shout out to the company. I definitely wanted to um, call in because there's, I, I, I always keep hearing this name of a minor leaguer that everyone keeps asking, why haven't we given him a solid try? And I always kept forgetting, but um, Harvey, thank, um, thanks for um, giving me giving me a, the kid named Florial. And what, what amazes me is like every time I hear people within the organization, guys like Michael Kay and others, they say that they don't believe his numbers match up and that they think that, you know, his numbers won't translate to the major leagues. And then when I, you know, when you, when I'm so glad that you um, had John Rudon and he explains his experience where they're saying his real OPS is way too high, but this imaginary number that they made is somehow way lower. And they're pretty much giving him the explanation where he's being lucky essentially. And he, and in his mind, he's just playing baseball. So it, 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 it really um, baffles me on how it's taking so long to actually see where the problem is within the development system, because we never give these kids a try. We keep them in the minor leagues forever, try to inflate their value in trades. Other teams are not buying it. And then when we actually do see them like Debbie Garcia, he, they end up being totally, you know, um, not very good. And then, you know, we, they totally lost value or we can't trade them at all. So this is a, a really sad situation where the only other way to see this is by seeing a change in, in the philosophy of how they handle things. Because the, what these new analytics have done has pretty much destroyed the, destroyed the organization. You know, and, and, and Jose, thanks for the phone call. Listen, I'm, I'm a believer in analytics, okay? I'm a believer in analytics. It's just, you know, how, how much do you allow, how much does an organization allow analytics to really decide, you know, the, the, how, what, what's the percentage of a decision is based on analytics alone? Right. Like, I, like, I think you utilize analytics to help form your decision as opposed to drive the decision. Okay. That's, um, that's, that's my two cents. Let's go to Paul in Long Beach. Paul, welcome in. Hey, you need a big fan. Good afternoon. Thank How you. are you? Thank you. Great. Thank you. Okay, a couple things. Number one, and I'm, in a second I want to make a comparison between the Yankees and, and the Cowboys, but I agree with you wholeheartedly regarding uh, Hard Knocks. Loving Salah. Mm-hmm. I love the cursing. The best thing he said, and whether it was infused with curses or not, I'll paraphrase, he said, we're going to show people who we are as individuals and as a team to wipe the stink that's been on this franchise. That was a great line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, 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 so. absolutely. 
It's been a stink. You could not have used a better word. Here's my comparison with the Yankees and and the Cowboys. They arguably in each sport the the, the probably the highest um, value brand in each sport are the Yankees and the Cowboys. From the Cowboys standpoint, in my opinion, Jerry Jones, where he's failed as a football guy, not since Parcells and, and Jimmy Johnson in those days. Do I feel like he's had a football guy in the building? And they've sold the fans on, we're pretty good, we'll make the playoffs here and there. They've done nothing in how many decades, right? Yeah, yeah. You with me? Right. Yeah, okay. I'm listening. Now, the Yankees, Hal, now Hal inherited the Yankees. He seems very good at the bottom line. If they Same thing. They've sold their fans a, a bill of goods. We're in it every year. Cashman is, is quote unquote successful. He's not that successful. One World Series in twenty some odd years or whatever, that's not really successful. So I'm just feeling like the whole Yankee plan now is going like the previous caller mentioned is going to completely blow up. You know, and uh, as a Mets fan, I'm happy with the direction the Mets made a decision to go in. If 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 it hasn't already, Paul, thanks for your phone call. Um, again, it's so hard. It's so difficult to win a world series each and every year, or let alone once every five years, or let alone once every decade. But here's what's difficult is that, yes, this is an off year, but typically more times than not, Cashman and the Yankees are successful more times than not. They are in it to win it. This is an off year, but is it just enough for Yankee fans to make it to the postseason? You know, that's 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 really that's the difference here, right? Is that it's 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 World Series or bust when it comes to the Yankees, Yankee fan base, Yankee Yankee organization, where any other organization, it would be wow, they would just be thrilled to make it to the postseason and be thrilled to be relevant in October and November. So what, what other manager out there is going to be able to deliver, um, you know, a, a World Series once every, I don't know, what would, be, what would suffice? Once every three years? I, I, that's just, that's unrealistic. Quick break. We come back. Jordan Renan is going to join us. Um, Brian Dable spoke to the media just now. So we're getting uh, Jordan Renan right fresh off of Brian Dable's press conference. Excited to hear what he had to say. Next here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Jordan Renan, who covers the Giants, joining us now. They, uh, they looked really, especially that first group, looked really great against um, the Carolina Panthers last night, beating them 21-19. to Daniel Jones, Darren Waller, that connection, boy, makes me excited. Uh, so, uh, so Jordan, what did uh, Dable? Dable had to be really happy with that first-team offense he saw yesterday, last night, right? Uh, I mean, his press conferences are terrible, so he doesn't really say that. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, he, he refuses to uh, get excited about anything. So, uh, you know. Um, but you, it's hard to walk away from that game yesterday and not be pleased with the Giants for what you saw with the first-team offense, right? Everything kind of 
really with the first team in general, even the defense, Kayvon Thibodeau with a sack and a pressure on back-to-back snaps, basically. And that was like everything you wanted to see from the Giants, all the boxes uh, checked in once. And Daniel Jones even stated afterwards that, you know, they, like this is good for your confidence going into the season. Cause, and he didn't say this, but I'm saying this. The likelihood is that they're probably not going to play in that final preseason game. So that's going to be the last taste you have of them on the field in live game action until week one, Sunday night, Dallas Cowboys and MetLife Stadium. Um, again, Daniel Jones to Darren Waller, what he just, he targeted him four times, yeah. three for 30, should have been like four for 45, but took that, that hit and the ball was jarred loose. But man, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it, it was, a, I know a microcosm, but everything that you and I have been talking about, but to witness it, Really exciting. Yeah, well, the beauty of it is, and I really want to get you excited, especially from when you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, which I know you are and so, to some degree. The first two plays, guess where it's going? Darren Waller, right? You know, the, the, actually, it was the first three pass plays, I think, actually. Darren Waller, right? And then in the fourth, four times on one drive, that he's going to be this team. I mean, we've been saying for a while, this, this team's number one receiver. Like and th- that's not they're going. Did we lose him? Dang. Hey, um, guys, um, let's uh, let's hang up. Yeah, let him know. It's it's. I used to work for the Giants. It's hit or miss in regard to uh, their the cell service there. So if you can, let him know to, to walk away from the facility. Tell him to go out into the parking lot. Um, in the meantime, while we're working on getting Jordan Renan back on, let's go to Bobby in Long Island. Bobby, welcome in. Anita, hi. Oh, how are we doing? Everyone, this culture is too brash. You know, everyone's jumping. I was, I'm a Jets fan. But you know, your offensive line is in shambles. Try beating New England Patriots, you know, one time. You haven't, lost you haven't beaten them since 2015. Okay, let's worry about winning games before, you know, so getting out the stink and all this tough talk. Uh, your offense, like I said, your offensive line, you could have Brady, Rice, Juan, and Stallworth as your receivers. If your offensive line is, is bad, it isn't going to matter. Right now they look horrible in that, in that joint practice, you know, and, and you know, their tackles are, are a mess. Wayne Brown's a year old to come to a shoulder surgery. This is what the you know the coaching staff should be worried about instead of all this brash talk. You know, Bill Belichick. You know, try beating Belichick. You can't even beat him without Brady. You know, how long has Brady been out there? Three, four years. You still can't beat can't beat the Patriots. Okay, so stop talking about the Bills. Uh, Bobby, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. We've got Jordan Renan back. Jordan, sorry, I, I know. Service yeah, out there at the Giants facility is is hit or miss sometimes. So, uh, apologize about that. Um, you know, so I, I was asking you in regard to um, you know what we saw again, just a, a, a small sample of Waller, and and man, if he can stay. Another thing is, you know, he's out there, he's laughing, he's smiling, you know, and and, and of course, you know, we know uh, it's it's well documented. Um, a, a man who has who's struggled uh, with a lot in his life. Um, he just seems happy. Is that, I mean, does he feel like, is he enjoying it here, even though his wife is in Las Vegas? Is he enjoying New York? Is he enjoying the franchise? What's your take on, on what your expectations are from him this season all around? 
Yeah, I mean, he's excited for the opportunity. It's fresh. It's new. He's in the big city. Uh, huge opportunity to not only take his game to the next level, right, but to take his brand to the next level. I think, yeah, this is that's why I think you see that. Like, everything is going well so far. Now we'll see how it ultimately goes. He's, the bottom line is, and this is we said since the day they traded for him, he's got to stay healthy, right, Anita? Like, that's everything here. Yeah, uh, but, but, that, that, but you healthy, say – but we, we can yeah, say that about, like, this is the NFL. Like, you could say that about everyone. Yeah, does no, he have a track record? Does that make it different? Absolutely. But, you know, we yeah, can say so that about... Saying, as long as he stays healthy, we know he's going to be good. Like, the guy's just a beast. I mean, see, he stands out above everybody else on a field where all these guys are massive, right? I mean, he's just super talented. Like, as long as he plays, he's going to be a top player. Like, he is a... I'm, I've actually been blown away by what I've seen from him on a regular basis and just the, the physical like freak that he is. I mean, it, it's very impressive. I didn't expect him to come and stand just like when he's standing next to everyone else, he's a full head above like every other tight end. Like, wow, this guy is massive. And he moves, you know, fluidly and, and like, a, like a wide receiver. So it's, it's really impressive, you know, what he brings to the table. Let's talk about the wide receivers. Uh, and you know how I feel about mm-hmm. Jalen Hyatt. One of my favorite wide receivers coming out of this year's draft was absolutely over the moon uh, that he was still available for, there for the Giants, and let alone they took him, um, which is tremendous. Yep. Uh, scored a touchdown last night. Um, you know, this wide receiving battle that's going on, who, who makes the camp, who doesn't, and what are your expectations for Jalen Hyatt this season? Yeah, I think what we saw from Hyatt last night is kind of what we're going to get. You, you know, he'll mix into the offense a good amount, but he what he's going to do is he's not going to be like a thousand yard receiving guy. You know, probably even a seven or eight hundred yard receiving guy. But what he's going to do is he's going to be able to get them big plays, right? And he's going to be able to contribute, you know, two or two or three catches a game, one or two big plays, and in this time it was a thirty-three yard touchdown uh, reception from Tyrod Taylor. Uh, but yeah, that speed is special, and you're seeing it. Like there'll be there'll be times, you know, even recently he's been kind of quiet recently. But then you're like, ah, eh, guess he's slowing down. You know, he's starting to get hit a little more. You get in live action, he gets banged up here or there. Like you're seeing that a bunch. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here's Jalen Hyatt going for a touchdown. Like that's what he's going to bring to the table this year as a rookie. Ultimately, he'll probably have to get bigger, stronger, more consistent. You saw him drop a pass last night. But that's sort of what you're going to get this year now as a receiver in core. You have Harris Campbell, who's a big part of it. He caught two passes as well, right? So he's, he's really the primary slot receiver right now. We have Darius Slayton starting and with, along with Isaiah uh, Hodgins on the outside. So those three are locked in. You have Hyatt locked in. I believe Sterling Shepard is going to be locked in. And then it's a matter of, okay, who's that sixth guy that they, they, they take or do – do they, you know, Wandell Robinson hasn't been activated yet. Does he go out? Does he stay on pop, get on IR? Bryce Ford Wheaton is an interesting one because while he can't really contribute at wide receiver right now, he can, and then you see him on the first team special teams, all their special teams units. That's very notable to me. That means either they want to see him and see if they can keep him or they like him enough in that spot where they either keep him on the roster or 
keep him on the practice squad and then, you know, elevate him and get him into special teams roles every so often or keep him on the bottom. But some some way to, like, sort of yo-yo him back and forth. So uh, that's one that definitely keep in mind. And I also think Cole Beasley is a guy who could end up on this team, although he's a little banged up right now. We'll see how that goes. Um, in regard to in regard to the defense on the defensive side of the ball, how good? Because I know you and I spent a lot of time talking about the offense. Yes, because I'm I'm addicted to fantasy football and whatnot, and and right. there's so many changes and the excitement. But on the defensive, you know, Banks looks good. Like, you know, what what can we expect from this defense? How good is this Giants defense going to be this season? I think it could be a solid unit. Like they they they're how good they can get like what level they can get to to me depends on what they get from the two edge rushers and last night you saw from Kayvon Thibodeau a couple of splash plays or two plays in a row the first one he actually got the sack grant today kind of forgot to uh you know block him <laughs> but uh second next play again pressure uh, there was a penalty on the play but it doesn't technically count but he he created a pressure when the hold wasn't even on him uh, so that would take their defense to another level because we know what Dexter Lawrence is. I mean, he's going to be dominant. He was dominant again last night. Uh, we know that Leonard Williams is a really good player. The back end, look, they'll have their ups and downs. Uh, you know, Deontay Banks, if he ends up matched up against A.J. Brown, he'll have his struggles, right? It won't be pretty. But if you can get enough pass rush, and the way that they'll, they'll be able to do that is if Thibodeau and or Ojolari get to that next level. I was actually just reading um, Seth Walder uh, did a projection on sacks. You know, they do an analytical projection on sacks. And uh, he had Ojolari projected with, for more sacks than Kayvon Thibodeau, so which, I, which I thought was kind of interesting. And it's not a crazy thought either because you hear people – I've spoken to people inside the organization that think that he's a better natural pass rusher than Thibodeau. Again, Jordan Renan joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Before we let you go, uh, what now, right? Like, what can Giants fans expect uh, with the final preseason game against the Jets? When does camp end? Like, you know, what can we expect the next few weeks prior to, of course, the season starting? Yeah, I think now they're it's unlikely we're going to see many of the starters in the third preseason game. I have to look back. I haven't looked yet, but I don't think if memory serves right, they played in the final preseason game last year. So really it's just starting to prepare uh, for the uh, opener against the Cowboys while simultaneously trying to settle the roster. So it's like a fine balance there that the team does. And that's kind of, what most teams do, they really start at this point, you know, like towards the end of August, focusing on their week one opponent. So I kind of expect the Giants to do that while, of course, settling the roster. We'll, we'll see. They have a couple spots where they still need depth. And not only depth, I, I just I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Shane's out there, and I almost expect him to be out there, looking for another nickel player, another slot player, because, uh, yeah, Odori Jackson sliding into the slot. We've seen that a lot with the two rookie cornerbacks on the outside. But I'm not sure they really want to do that full-time. Like, you're going to want Odori Jackson to play on the outside when you're playing these teams with these big top wide receivers. Like, you don't want Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins, two rookie corners. You want them guarding uh, Tyree Kill one-on-one for a game? That that won't end up well in the Giants' favor. So, I do think they still want to play Odori on the outside and don't feel – 
very confident in what they have in the slot right now. I mean, Cordell Slot, they've basically given up on that experiment. He's basically playing exclusively on the outside right now. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Uh, again, Giants fans have to feel really good in regards to what they saw uh, last night and, um, and, and hopefully a, a fun and exciting season uh, that's upon us. Thank you, my friend. You got it, Anita. Speak soon. You got it. Uh, we come back. We'll kick off our number three. Uh, Joe Wiz joins us, as always, for some picks and some plays, hopefully helping us all win some money heading into the weekend. And, uh, and, and coming your way at 2.30, we'll hear from David Sampson, uh, former executive now, has his own podcast, and uh, just real – I thought it would be great to bring on a former executive to get his feel, his take on what's going on with the Yankees. So all that coming your way in this next hour right here on 98.7 ESPN.